Let's pray. Father, speak through me and let the entrance of your word bring us light and bring us understanding. Thank you, Jesus, for the love you showed us on the cross that has translated into us getting born again and we loving others. The day of love, we want to celebrate you, love, Lord. And let the entrance of your word today bring, help us to understand that love. In Jesus' name. Amen. So what I'm going to do is to quickly go through the introduction of the message and share just one of the several things I'm going to share with you and then we will continue next week. But first, I need to understand that every good church, every good church, if your church is a good church, it takes care of seven most important aspects of your life. And the pulpit must address all these seven important aspects of your life. Number one is your spiritual life. A church must build your spiritual life. It must help you grow in the spirit and know Jesus. You must grow in the spirit and know Jesus. Three E's that will show you are growing in Jesus. Your life will exhort him. Your life will evangelize the lost. And your life will edify the saved. If a church does not grow you spiritually, look for a new church. The second life that a church must grow is your family life. Your family life. Because, listen, the Christian family is the channel through which God brings into this world godly children. The kingdoms of this world must become the kingdoms of our God. And a functional Christian family is the foundation on which Jesus builds his kingdom. Certain religions are growing not because they are evangelizing, but because they are born in plenty. And it's a strategy to outgrow Christianity. So a church must commit time and resources to teach its members how to build functional families and raise godly children that will transform society. The third aspect of your life is your financial life. It's your financial life. I believe that God has a very, very in-depth plan of prosperity for your life. And the church must teach that. When we teach money, people think we are backsliding. When we talk about money in church, even the world accuses us. Because Satan knows that if you are financially empowered, you are a very strong person. And Satan wants the church to be a poor church. So when you teach about finances, you are attacked. The recent attack on tithe is a satanic attempt to make sure that you don't prosper. Very soon we'll see other nations telling us to allow men to marry men and women to marry women because if they, we don't allow it, they will withdraw their support for our economy. And if those supports are withdrawn, our economy can collapse. Hmm. And then your professional life. A church must also commit its time. Your pastor must have the capacity to be able to teach you on how to make career choices and grow professionally. Then your social life. The church should be able to provide a platform where you make good friends and build social cohesion and social capital. Then your health life. The church should be able to teach you how to eat well, how to sleep well, how to do other things that will keep your body healthy. Any pastor who tells you the main function of the church is only to grow your spiritual life, that pastor lacks the capacity to do things beyond praying and fasting. 
In fact, our nation was built by the church. They brought a gospel. They also brought education. Brought development. In fact, there are more hospitals owned by churches than the ones that are owned by government. There are schools, most schools, for the most prestigious secondary schools in this country are owned by churches. Now, the other aspect of your life is your academic life. Your church should be able to encourage you to learn and to develop your mental capacity. Now, if you are able to grow in these seven areas of your life, as a church, as a present place church, we define these seven areas of your life. If you are growing and you are building it, we call it a pleasant life. So your pleasant, a pleasant life is a life that is growing in seven areas. Spiritually, family, financially, professionally, socially, health-wise, health and academic-wise. And I pray that this year, so this year, my messages are going to be, to be around these, around these. After the family life, I'm going to move into talking to you about finances and how you can build businesses and grow your finances. And then I'll pray for you for financial release. A poor church is a very weak church. A poor Christian is a very weak Christian. No matter how you fast and pray, if you can't put money on the table for your family, you are not respected. You are not valued. You cannot buy cassava or tongs. Are you here with me? So now I'm taking one aspect of your life to do a series, and that is your family life. So I'm talking on the subject this year, our family life series is titled Matters of the Heart. Matters of the Heart. Matters of the Heart. And I'll be focusing on the 10 types of hearts that define you. The 10 types of hearts that define you. And these 10 types of hearts, it defines the way you marry. It defines the way you work. It defines the way you relate with people. But we will... It defines the way you, you relate with God. But we'll be focusing more in, the, uh, in this series on how you, you, you marry. How this heart affects the way you marry. These ten types of hearts affect the way you marry. Introductory scripture is taken from 1 Samuel 16, the verses 6 and 7. It's a very popular scripture. But it's going to form the foundation on which we're going to learn. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab. Now Samuel was a prophet and a judge in the Bible. And God sent him to go and anoint a king from the house of a man called Jesse. It was in that house that David was anointed king. For those of you who don't do your Bible studies, I have to give you the background. But it's a very popular story. Now, when Samuel went there, he saw the first son of Jesse, a very handsome man. So here, when they arrived, Samuel saw Eliam, that's the first son of Jesse, and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. And Samuel was a tested prophet. He said, yeah, this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height. So underline his appearance and height. But even with the word height, uh, height, circulate, if you like, with red ink. For I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. I pray that God will open my eyes so that I can look at things the way he looks at things. I pray that God will open your eyes to look at things the way God looks at things. Now, look. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, 
But the Lord looks at the heart and the line the word has to. You see, God does not look at things the way people look at things. So people will look you in a way, but that might not be the way God is looking at you. But in this scripture, there are two very key words that I want you to underline. Height and heart. Now, height is the outward appearance. The outward appearance. Today when you go out, after church, you see people sitting in their cars, nice cars, and drive away. It is not heart. It is height. There are people in top suits, even your pastor, wearing his suit, standing before you, speaking nicely. This is not what you should look at. It is there. So this is height, not the heart. Are you here? People build nice houses. That is their height. It's not their heart. But when we are making choices for marriage, we focus on the height, not the heart. Are, are you here with me? A man may build six-story buildings for you. That is a height. But if his heart is not correct, he will be the same man that would dig six feet a grave for you to be buried inside. Inside. Are you here with me? So, in marriage, you don't focus on the height. You focus on the heart. The height is what you see outside. The, the, the impressive The one you see outside, the cars, the English, the, the, the smartness, all the things you see outside that influence your decision is the outward appearance. But the real man is inside, hidden somewhere. Hidden somewhere. Hidden somewhere. I'm told of a story of a sister that fell in love with a choir leader in the church. A gentleman that sang an anointing came down. Power came down. Presence came down. Married that brother only to discover that the brother smokes weed. Oh, so all the shouting the brother used to do was influenced by weed. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Now, the fact that somebody sang and you fell down, that's not means the anointing. Though. Michael Jackson was singing and people were crying, falling down. People were even collapsing at Michael Jackson concerts. Because music can be very emotional. And you can get emotional to a point where you fall. Ah. Are you here with me? But they are also very anointed singers. Like our, our singers here are very anointed. Who can sing for you to fall under the anointing? Am I preaching to someone here? Now, why is the heart more important than the height? Yeah. Proverbs 27, 19. I'm reading from two versions so that you can get it. Two versions so you can get it. From the New Living Translation, as a face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects the real person. So the real you is your heart. <laughs> it's inside your heart. And that's why you know yourself more than anybody. That's why sometimes when somebody is saying something bad about you, you know that you are better than that. Or somebody is saying something good about you, you know that you are worse than that. You know yourself. Proverbs 27, 19. I'm reading from the Good News translation here. Look at the same scripture. It is your own face that you see reflected in the water. It is your own self that you see in your heart. It is yourself that you see in your heart. When you are alone and nobody is with you, what, do you, what are the devices of your heart? What are the plans of your heart? What are the things that you are doing? Now, what are the secret plans of your heart? 
all the poems we said to our wives, all the poems we said to our wives, it must be, it must reflect who we are. Because if after saying these things to them, you go home and repeat them, it shows that, it shows that the poems were only height, not heart. Are you here? They were only height and not what? Heart. I pray that let no girl in this church, whoop, a young lady in this church, be, be deceived by height. But we should be spiritual enough to look at things the way God looks at it. So that we can discover the heart of men before we commit our lives to them. I pray that no man here, no man, no son of man, mine, sitting under my voice, will ever fall into the trap of a woman whose heart is a chain. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So that, you see, you see, all the, all the, the big bags, a nice breast, they are all height. They are not heart. The color, the color of the skin that is attracting you. Brother, it is, it is, it is height, not heart. Are you, are you here with me? Do you understand? So we'll be looking at heart, but I want to choose one heart for us to look at today. We are going to choose, out of the ten hearts, we can only look at one today. So the chances are that I'll be talking about this for the, te- the next ten Sundays. Maybe, maybe, who knows? We want to look at one heart. It's called the perverse heart. The perverse heart. The perverse heart. And how does a perverse heart define you? How does it, how does it determine the way you marry? Here. Yeah. Proverbs 17 verse 20. A man of perverse heart does not prosper. He whose tongue is deceitful falls into trouble. So, you see, I'm not going to take the English dictionary to define what a perverse heart is. Because the Bible itself has defined it. Semicolon comes, when a semicolon comes after a sentence, it is throwing more light on the previous sentence, isn't it? Trying to define it for us. So look at this, look at, look at this. A man of perverse heart does not prosper semicolon then now he defines who a man of perverse heart is he whose tongue is deceitful a man of a perverse heart has a deceitful tongue he is a top class liar world class liar lies more than satan who owns the copyright for lies when the bible says that satan is the father of lies and that he, 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 when he lies, he speaks his own language. There are men in church. There are women in church who lie more than Satan. Oh, they lie about everything. Deceitful tongue. Deceitful tongue. And I've seen on numerous occasions how innocent girls fell into the hands of men with perverse hearts. I have seen and heard how innocent men fell into the hands of women with perverse hearts. For those of you who are not yet married, may God deliver you. For those who are married, if you have a perverse heart, that is the reason for this message. By the time we finish this message, may the entrance of the word bring you light and bring you understanding and deliver you from that control of a perverse heart. So let me quickly try to conclude the message by telling you the type of lies that a person with a perverse heart says. Because deceit is the highest form of lies, I'm telling you. Number one. There is what we call lies by omission. Lies by omission. Lies by omission. 
My father was very protective of his children. He didn't think anybody should beat his child, even not a teacher. If a teacher beats you, my father would go to the school and question the teacher. Why you beat my child? So imagine you are, you are playing in an area and somebody beats you. My father would go and find out why you were beaten. But one thing about him is that if he finds out why you were beaten and why you were beaten was right, he beats you in addition. Okay? So I was beaten by this man in Adabraka. So I went back home crying. My father said, why are you crying? He said, this man beat me. So what did you do? He said, he sent me to go and buy food for him. When I came, he said the food was too small, so he beat me. My father said, let's go. Let's go and meet that man. How could he send you? I, I, are you the one selling the food? Let's go, let me go and meet that man. Whilst we were going, I realized I told my father lies by omission. So I stopped. When we were almost about to get to the man's house, I stopped. Why are you stopping? Let's go. I said, the reason why he beat me is that uh, he said the meat should have been two, but I was left with one. I told him it was one. Then he smelled my mouth and realized I've taken one meat. When people tell you stories, they leave out the portions that will make them feel guilty. And some of you, eh? Two of my sons, two of my sons in this church, who were very close friends, very close friends, became enemies because their wives fought. And when their wives fought, each one of the ladies went home and told lies of omission. And because they too, they were foolish men, decided to make phone calls and attack themselves and insult themselves. A typical example of lies of omission is the story of Potiphar's wife. She wanted to rape Joseph. But when the husband came in, he told her, she told the husband Joseph wanted to rape. She, she didn't tell the husband how she has been chasing Joseph for days. She lied by omission. And look at the reason why Joseph did not sleep with that woman was because Joseph loved that man. He said, my master has left everything into my hands. How do I take his wife? The man Joseph loved, the man Joseph served, the man Joseph valued, put Joseph in prison because the man was married to a woman with a perverse heart who told lies by omission. It is an insult to your intelligence to be told a story without verifying the story. Are you here? Because if you marry a perverse woman, she will tell you lies by omission. And all the time you'll be fighting with people who have been your friends from your childhood. <laughs> if you marry a man who has a perverse heart, he will also tell you lies by omission. Let's be open to each other. Tell me about your past. And then you open up, you say everything. And then in his response, he begins to tell you lies by omission and take something out of, their, of his story. Let me tell you this. When you discover a first lie that a man has told you or a woman has told you, please, it's only the tip of the iceberg. There have been more lies before that lie. Never let a person tell you, this is the only lie I have told you. This is the only lie. It can't be possible that that is the only lie. So sometimes it is better if you have the capacity not to go back to tell and let's talk about our past. It is better to discover a past you were not lied to about than to discover one that has a lot of omissions left out. The first to present his case is always right unless another man comes to question him. In this church, 
Don't get into people's matters by hearing only one side of the story. Sister, if what you are telling me about the other sister, you are not going to allow me to go and verify, then don't tell me. Don't transfer your hatred into my heart. Don't transfer your, your pain into my heart. I was in this church very happy, worshipping, until you became my friend. And started telling me about the pastor and the wife. Now I bear them grudges, even though they have not done anything to me. How do you marry a man and go to your mother and tell your mother what the man has done to you and then you omit some part of the story and then your mother begins to hate your husband? And the other way around. Some men also do that. It is even shameful for a man to call the mother and say, Mama, Mama, my wife is disturbing me. And then you tell the story and then you omit where you are wrong. And your mother without also finding from the wife begins to back you. It takes a person with a perverse heart to tell a story by omitting the portions that will make him feel guilty. Are you here with me? And it's a demonic way of marrying. Type of lies number two lies by reconstructing. No, by restructuring. Lies by restructuring. And I, I would um, write these scriptures down. Second Samuel 12, um, um, the verse 1 to 7. You remember when David took the wife of Uriah and put him at the war front for the man to die. The prophet Nathan went to David and restructured the story and said, there is a rich man who has a lot of um, sheep. And then a poor man had only one sheep and he took care of the sheep and she became like a family to them. When the poor man went to visit the rich man, the rich man decided to kill the poor man's only sheep. So they eat while the rich man has thousands. David got angry. So what? What? Go and get me the rich man. I'm going to punish the rich man. Nathan said, no, 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 no. It is you. It is you I'm talking about. It is you. You have a lot of women. Concubines and wives. In fact, when Absalom rebelled against his father, he slept with David's ten wives in one day. Sorry, there were ten wives in addition to concubines. And yet Uriah's only one wife. You went and took him. You went and took Uriah's only one wife. And the prophet came and did a restructuring. He lied to David with a restructured story. And then David fell for it. Sometimes, your husband has cheated on you. He tells a restructured story. Yet to see how your reaction will be. Hey, one of my friends, eh? One of my friends has slept with his has slept with his wife's maid. Has slept with his wife's maid. And men who do those things, bah. what do you think about those men who do those things? There you go. They are wicked men. If that happens in this house, like I will leave. I can't confess. <laughs> I can't confess. So, so you see, when they start telling you strange stories about their friends and their friends and their friends, be careful. They are restructuring a story. Yeah, they are lying by re lies by restructuring. As a as a bishop, I get that a lot. I get people who want to tell me a story, but they are so arrogant to admit before their bishop that this is their story. They say, A friend of mine, mine and his wife are going through this, and then they start telling. If a friend of yours and the wife are going through this. Why would you worry yourself to come and see your bishop and tell your bishop to get counsel to go and tell them? My mother told me something. She said, Kofi, don't lie. I said, Mama, why? He said, because when people are lying to me, I see they are lying to me. So I don't lie because when I'm lying, I know they will catch me. There are so many things we pastors we ignore, not because we, we didn't catch you. But do not answer a fool according to his folly. Um, 
I go see. <laughs> you see, a friend of mine, and all the time, those friends, you don't know them. Huh. I go see, a friend of mine, a friend of mine had done something. Eh? Oh, oh, I go see. He slept with his husband's best friend. He slept with his husband's best friend. And to my surprise, eh? to my surprise, the man is still married to him, to her. The man has forgiven. The man has forgiven. Oh, I respect that man for his heart. I respect that man for his heart. Ah, what do you think about it? Hmm. She wants to make a confession. But she wants to set the parameters for the confession. You must forgive. Because somebody did. An imaginary friend of mine. And they are dead. It's called lies by restructuring. <laughs> and it is told by people with perverse heart. Please, don't get yourself involved in complications that will lead to lie. Sumyame, asumiye. Serve God and serve God. Don't complicate your life with, with things that will lead to lie. A fraud boy who wants to fraud his girlfriend will go like... <laughs> I have a friend who has been borrowing money from his girlfriend. He's borrowed them, borrowed them, and he stopped paying. Anyway, he borrowed for a, a good purpose. He borrowed to, to buy a land so that he can build a house so that when they marry, they will go and stay in. He's preparing to come and borrow from you. And he's testing your pulse. He's testing your pulse. Probe them. Which friend? Where is the land? I want to go and see it. In what place? He will tell you, oh, it's far away, outside Ghana. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a liar who says that my witness is in abroad. Anytime they can say, a friend of mine, and these people, and that person, and that this, and that this, and then they come out with a story, and once you respond, please be suspicious. Am I preaching to someone here? Marriage is too serious a business for you to be in your marriage with a perverse heart. The only relationship that is compared to the relationship between God, between Christ and the church, is the relationship between the husband and the wife. So you can't joke with it. If you are, if you are, you are married, marry well. Be committed to the person you are married to. Learn how to sit down and solve your problems and deal with it. And be honest. I've told you people over and over. If you marry a man who keeps telling you that let's settle our matters between us. Let our matters, don't take our matters out. He's a bad man. He's preparing to do something. And he knows that if you tell people, they will advise you. Are you here? You must have a counselor. You must have somebody you can trust with your story. But somebody you can discuss with. It is not every problem the two of you can solve. It is too, you get too emotional and you will start fighting very soon about it. Don't leave it unattended to. The story, the, the parable of the Good Samaritan. The first thing they did to the man who was beaten by the armed robbers, what did they do? They bandaged his wounds. They bandaged his wounds. In marriage, eh? In marriage, when you get hurt, if you keep on getting hurt, and you don't get someone to bandage your wounds, the wounds will fester and will rot him. And it is you who will get cancer out of it, not the one who is hurting you. someone who can bandage your wounds and deal with it before it kills you. If a man beats you and beats you seriously for you to get hurt, he's not supposed to touch you. They can't even touch their daughters. How much more you? And it's a serious thing. Please, walk to the police station before you even come to me. For if you come to me, 
I'll ask, advise you, go and tell police. Because you know what? If that man beats you the way he has beaten you and you are ble bleeding, and you come and tell me and I settle it in my office, the next time he kills you, you will find out who knew about this. Oh, the bishop knew and didn't ask the lady to report. And then because of your foolishness, my integrity is attacked. How dare you? How can you beat a woman? Listen, I have children at home. I'm a very strict But I, I, my, my daughter said, when, even the Debia at 11, if she doesn't do her homework and I want to punish her, I don't know, I don't know where to hit. I want to, I want to just, even if I take a king, I'm looking at it, be careful, Lord. be careful. 11. Once in a while, I discipline. But in most cases, I have the cane like this. Be careful. Be careful. Because 11 year old girl, my own daughter, I can't touch her. And somebody's daughter, 25 years, 13 years, 15 years, and you have turned her into a punching bag. And you are hitting her and hitting her and hitting her. And then when you finish, you go and do, do a restructuring story. May God forgive you. One day you'll be walking inside. If the police that's who arrest you, the Holy Ghost will arrest you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Holy Ghost will arrest you and you yourself, you walk to the police station and tell them that, I think I'm going mad. The way I beat my wife, I think I'm going mad. Put me in prison. Now, the third type of lies, lies by denial. Lies by denial. Look at the case of Cain, who killed his brother in Genesis. Now, God comes and God said, now, Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field while they were... Let's go out to the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then, that's Genesis 4, um, 8 and 9. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother? I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's keeper? You killed a man, buried a man. Where is he? You know where he is. You denied your knowledge of where he is. And look at what he said. Am I my brother's keeper? Now, people... Who deny where they have been caught are very arrogant, very aggressive, because they use the aggression to silence you. Your wife has seen your car parked in front of your former girlfriend's house, and she has even taken the picture and has brought it. First, she didn't show you the picture. Hey, today I saw your car, me, my car, my car. You saw my car there. Am I the only person with that type of car? Am I the only person with that type of car? Please don't come and annoy me. Don't come and don't come and annoy me. What do you mean? Don't come and annoy me. Then she switched the picture. He said, "This one, this one is is uh, how do you even call it? Um, Photoshop. This one is Photoshop. You just want to say it is Photoshop. Yeah. And these are the very dangerous liars that you can catch them and they would deny it and tell you it's Photoshop." Today, everything is Photoshop. You have caught you stealing. You say it's Photoshop. This is not my hand. Does this hand look like my hand? You say, yeah, you have a, you have a, you have a, a birthmark on your hand. hand. It's showing there. No, 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 no. They, they Photoshopped it. They put it there. It's Photoshop. Those who lie by denying are, are the most dangerous liars. When you have caught them, they will deny it. You see messages on their phones. And you take their phone, you show it to them. So where is this message coming from? And then they will say, let me see. Then they take the phone from you and delete it and say, what message are you talking about? What message are you talking about? What message? What message are you talking about? I am disclosing your mon your mon your, your, your mondus of operandi, eh? That <laughs> then you delete it and say, what, what what is it? Show me, show me where the message is. Show me where the message is. Show me. You are you are you are the devil's cousin. If your husband or your wife is a good person, let the phone be hanging around. Let it lie down. Let anybody touch it. 
Anybody, oh, by your phone, you are even bathing. When you are bathing, you don't even leave your phone in the bathroom lying down. Inside the bathroom itself, you hide it. Because when the soap is in your eyes, your wife may come and take it. <laughs> so, even inside the bathroom, you hide it. And then you come and waste your time sitting here praising God and, 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 and this thing. It's a waste of time. Because God does not look at the height. He looks at the heart. Am I my brother's keeper? I don't know where my brother is. Am I my, my, my brother's keeper? Those who lie by denying are very aggressive. Because they know they have been caught. They become aggressive. Those who cannot be aggressive, they, they cry and make you rather feel guilty. And sometimes you think that, ah, I don't expect this person to lie like that. Maybe I was making a mistake. Maybe I was making a mistake. So you are accusing me of cheating. You are accusing me of cheating. Show me on my phone where I cheated. Show me. <laughs> In my language, there's something they call Upetu Swan. Okay? Then lies by minimization. Lies by minimization. Reducing the seriousness of a matter. You have been sacked from the office. You go home and you tell your wife, oh, because of the COVID, uh, we will be at home for three months. Hey! You won't tell the woman the truth for her to know that you have been sacked. So like they start planning or start praying. Oh, because of the COVID, I'll be at home for three months, but don't worry, I'll sort it out. Even before, before the COVID is over, I'll even get a new job. Don't worry. When they start talking like that, start investigating them. I think that every woman must be an investigator. Oh. Oh, so you think I'm in love with that, that ugly man? You think I'm in love with that ugly man? You think I'm in love with that ugly man? There's no way I can... And then she would rubbish the thing you are saying and make it look like it doesn't come near her. It's lies by... Minimization. May God arrest them. Are we there? Do you understand? My time is up. Um, the next one is lies by exaggeration. Lies by exaggeration. Lies by exaggeration. Hmm. Lies by exaggeration. You make the story look bigger. Sisters, some of their brothers say they have a degree. Until you see it, don't believe it. When you press a demand, if you have a degree, let me see. Now, degrees, eh, we scan them. They are on our phones. They are on our emails. They are everywhere. Let me see your degree. Oh, I'll send it to you later. I left it. I left it in my hometown. So I will tell my uncle's wife to go to where they do photocopy. And then they will do the photocopy and send it. That's how you ask. Oh, the photocopy has spots in the village. So they have to come to the city. But my uncle's wife, who can do it, is a very busy woman. When she gets a chance, she will go and do it. And then she will send it to me. But when you push and push and push, oh, they say it is missing. So they have gone to my university to go. But when they got there, the vice chancellor who was there at the time I was there has died. So my name is not on the records. Now your exaggeration is catching up with you. They lie, they lie about themselves and make themselves very big. Now when you start probing further, they start telling you stories. Listen, a confident man does not tell a lie, lie to boost his ego. It is when you are, you don't have confidence. In fact, if the woman is genuine, he's not going to marry you because of what you have is going to marry you because of who you are and if the woman discovers that who you are is a perverse heart the woman will abandon you and leave you two people that can kill you in a, in a marriage a liar and a lazy person 
Especially if you're a woman, you marry a lazy man. Prepare for your early grave. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm telling you, prepare to die early. A lazy man will kill you early. You will go and sweat and come. And for that lazy man to chop your sweat, it should be the other way around. Men work. Men supply needs. Men meet the needs of women. Men let women feel that they are taking good care of them and they are princesses and queens. Your mom borrows money from you one, borrows a second time, borrows a third time. If you are not yet married, run away. I'm telling you, run away. If a man cannot show you his source of income, and he's working to end it. Please, if the man's source of income is construction, believe that man than the man who cannot show you his source of income and yet has a car. A man who cannot show you his source of income and yet has a car, I said, doubt that man. Go for that construction worker who you can go to the site and see him carrying concrete and has a source of income and the source of income is he can show you and he's not afraid to let you know that i'm a construction worker but i have a vision to own a construction firm so i'm 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 working to gather money to go to school to go and learn draftmanship or building technology so that one day i'll do this work with that man that pathway is better because he has shown you the pathway because there's a way that cement right but the end is death any way you cannot see the end Death is waiting. If he cannot tell you where he's going, don't follow. So men, eh, I think it's one of the things I'll be sharing. Um, the one that gives the anxious heart. So men, they marry you to an unknown destination. There are police officers here. They know how dangerous it is. When you put a police officer in your car and you are driving him somewhere, he will tell you that you are taking me to an unknown destination. It happened to me once. Police officer stopped me. I had this car. The insurance has expired. And he stopped me in Accra Central. I was an old passat. I was a small boy. He stopped me. And it was opposite the Central Police Station in Accra. So when he stopped me, he said, enter the police station. I know if I enter there, I'm in trouble. So I decided to drive a bit forward. I said, oh, Charlie, let's talk about it. And I drove a bit forward. I just drove him towards uh, the Bank of Ghana area. He said, you are taking me to an unknown destination. And it's a serious crime. I stopped. I said, my brother, if which one is unknown destination? We all know this place. <laughs> we all know this place. But they are men like that. They are leading you to an unknown destination. No vision, no mission, no dream, nothing. All they do is, I love you. One day, one day, eh? one day, God will, God will do something. One day, God will do something. I've said to you before, success is not by default. It is by design. You'll be walking there and be following these um, liars. They'll kill you. Number six, lies by fabrication. Lies by fabrication. Potiphar's wife fabricated a story in the same way genesis 37 genesis 37 when joseph's brothers sold him they fabricated a story fabricated a story by by killing an animal and putting joseph's coat of many colors into the blood of the animal and went to their father and told him your son has been devoured by an animal and while their father was mourning they were mourning with their father when they know that they have fabricated a story Grow up. Listen, let me tell you something. How you can discover all these men and women about the entrance of his word given life and give it understanding to the simple. Be spiritual. Be spiritual. When they are talking, you know the spirit of lies is operating. Be spiritual and be smart. So you are there, read, exercise your mind. When you go to the Zoom, you see that your, 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 your body is made up of cells. When you go to the gym and you start exercising your body, the cells begin to become healthy. Your body begins to build. Your mind is also made up of cells. When you exercise the mind, it thinks better. The gym of the mind is the library. Read more. Buy all my books and read them. And exercise. You see, all the things liars do is that they look for vulnerable people who are not smart and they play on them. 
trick, the, trick them, tell them stories. Finally, lies by reference. Lies by reference. When your husband or wife or whoever you work with is telling you something you are doubting and they begin to oh, this thing I told you oh, don't you remember two years ago I told you that I was going to do this thing and uh, yeah, yeah, so is that thing I'm talking to you about and all the things they are telling you they told you before you don't remember. It's called life by reference. Or sometimes you remember it, but they use the previous lies they told you to strengthen their current life so that you believe it. I'm telling you something. If you tell one lie, you continue to tell lies to cover it. There were people who, when they were going to America, used other person's passport. They were called a Adwechan, and they said they were called Agnes Yabua. Up to now, they have to respond to Agnes Yabua. Because once you go and say, I'm changing my name, they will investigate you. One lie, you have to continue to lie to cover it. And some of you here, you know that you are in a marriage that started with lies. And you are covering that lies. And you continue to cover that lies. Even when the person has shown you so much lies, so much love, because of the perversity of your heart, you continue to lie. You continue to lie to the person who has given you all. A woman who has given you all. You are still perpetuating that lie. Have the courage to own up. Have the courage to go and own up. And dare the consequences. It is better. I have closed the service. The Lord bless you and keep you.